The element of surprise is a thief's best friend. That's why he works at night, when people aren't expecting him to come. Jesus had this in mind when he said, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him, so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Beware the thief who finds you naked. <laughs> now that's a picture, isn't it? A thief never announces the day or the hour when he plans to come. Neither does Jesus, which is all the more reason we should prepare today. Clothe yourself with the righteousness of Jesus your Savior and stay alert to his second coming. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. We're always glad to have you with us. What are these secret things God is keeping to himself? Well, there's one thing in particular about which almost all of us, believers and unbelievers alike, have been curious for centuries. Even the angels don't have the answer. Ron takes us to heaven's most closely guarded secret next as he continues his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen anytime on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. From Matthew chapter 24, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, What Angels Wish They Knew. Well, classified information is a very important part of the national security apparatus in Washington, D.C. We all understand that, especially those of you who are in the military. But these days, uh, sadly, Far too many times we hear about somebody in the news who uh, was entrusted with top secret information and they leaked that information. When that happens, the strong arm of the United States law falls upon that person, or at least it should. Uh, if you have any doubts about that, just ask uh, Edward Snowden or uh, you know, Google him a bit. Uh, the U.S. government takes very serious its classified information, its top secret information. Well, the God of the Bible is a keeper of secrets. Did you know that? Uh, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. There, there are some things that God has classified, uh, some things that only God the Father knows. Uh, he is a keeper of secrets. He is a God of mystery. I wrote a book several years ago titled Mysteries of the Afterlife, and I took the time to explore from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation how through the unfolding and the progress of Revelation in the pages of Scripture, God, the God of mysteries and the God of secrets began unfolding, giving us glimpses into the afterlife. He told us everything we uh, need to know about the afterlife, but not everything we want to know, right? But enough information 
Some of it's still classified, I suppose. Perhaps the most closely guarded secret in heaven is when the second coming of Jesus Christ will happen. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 36, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, he says, nor the Son, but the Father only. And for that reason, and based upon that scripture, it is pure foolishness for anybody to set a date where they say, I know the day and the hour of Jesus' return because I've, I've dived deeply into the scriptures, those secret places in the Hebrew and Greek language that nobody else has figured out, and I know the day and the hour. Hogwash. Those people have not read Matthew 24 and verse 36 where Jesus says, no human being knows the day or the hour. He goes on to say, not even the angels of heaven know. Now let that sink in for a moment. I've titled this morning's message, What Angels Wish They Knew. (laughs) Uh, I'm curious as to whether or not they're as curious about the second coming, the day and the hour, as we are as human beings. According to Isaiah chapter 6, angels constantly surround uh, God's throne, and yet they don't know the day or the hour of Jesus' return. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, the angels always see the face of my Father, Uh, a description of their, their intimate proximity to God the Father, and yet their intimacy with the Almighty gains them no access to this top secret information. The angels announced the birth of Jesus, his, his first advent. They were the, uh, the advance team who brought the news to the shepherds. We read about that in Luke chapter 2. They will also be the agents of judgment at the second coming of Christ. Uh, they will blow the trumpet of God, as it were, but yet they are not trusted with the knowledge of when that prophetic event will take place. Only God the Father knows that. I'm just a little bit curious. I love to imagine some things in the white spaces of the Bible. Are the angels of heaven as curious about the day and the hour of Jesus' returns as we are as human beings? I wonder if they discuss it around the heavenly water cooler. (laughs) I wonder if during choir practice they're whispering to one another, do you know the day? Do you know the hour? When they hear the trumpet in heaven's orchestra, do their wings flutter a bit, (laughs) wondering if that's the time? Are they curious about it? 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 tells us that the angels look with curiosity into our salvation experience, salvation that comes to us by grace and through faith alone. Uh, angels don't have that kind of experience with God. And Peter tells us they, they look into these things with curiosity. I wonder if they are equally curious about uh, the day or the hour of Jesus' return. Again, I say, if anybody tells you that he knows when Jesus is coming again, he is a false prophet. Worse than that, he makes Jesus a liar. Because Jesus said that uh, nobody knows, the angels don't know. He went one step further and he said that not even the Son of Man knows the day or the hour of his return. Now, let's think about that as well. Some people have difficulty with the idea that Jesus said, I don't even know the day or the hour of my return. 
It is classified information, top secret information that only the Father in heaven knows. Some people say, I don't understand that. How can Jesus be God and not know? Isn't God omniscient? Doesn't he know all things? Well, the simple answer to that is that while Jesus was the incarnate Son of God on this earth, according to Philippians chapter 2, he intentionally divested himself of some of his divine attributes. In theology, that's known as the kenosis. Uh, Read about it again in Philippians chapter 2. But of course, everything changed after the resurrection. And I believe that was the time when Jesus in his glorified body, that's when he knew exactly what the Father knew. Okay, but it was, it was correct for him to say, uh, prior to his crucifixion and resurrection, as he came out of the grave in the, with his glorified body, it was correct for him to say, I don't even know at this time. He just laid aside his divine prerogative at that moment. As Jesus traveled from place to place in his glorified body, uh, I think he knew, but he withheld that information from the disciples for good reasons. Because date setting undermines a sense of urgency, does it not, about the second coming? You know, if you knew the day or the hour that Jesus was going to come, if you knew that it was six years from now, uh, 24 days and 15 hours, you knew the exact time, what would you do between now and then? You'd probably party it up until just before the time, right? It takes away that sense of urgency. We talk about the imminent return of Jesus. It could happen at any time. Like a thief in the night is the description about the second coming. Uh, In the twinkling of an eye is the description about uh, the rapture of the church. And so the Father graciously withholds this uh, classified information, we might call it, this top secret information, so that we will choose, as Paul says in his letter to Titus, to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. As long as his return is at the door, as long as it is imminent, well, we'll keep our hand on the doorknob, right? Always watching, always waiting, always working, always praying, even so come Lord Jesus, always loving his appearing and eagerly anticipating it, always uh, setting our face toward the mission that God has given us as a church and as believers in Jesus Christ, knowing that he could come at any time, at any day, at any hour, We live our lives not in a complacent kind of way, in a cavalier kind of way, but in a way that we're we're always mission ready and um, we're looking for His return. There's still more to come from Dr. Ron Jones, so stay right here. Listen to Ron's messages on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, be sure to check out Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. Look for Something Good courses when you visit our new streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org. That's Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, where you'll discover what it means to be a disciple and learn how to train others to be true followers of Christ. No one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. Not even Jesus himself had that knowledge when he lived here on earth. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, What Angels Wish They Knew. 
Second coming date setters, mark it down. They're always wrong. <laughs> they're always wrong. And they're foolish. They just look like fools. I'm old enough to remember uh, all of the hullabaloo around the year 1988. I know some of you weren't even born at that time, perhaps, but um, 1988 was the 40th anniversary of Israel returning to their land and becoming a nation. Modern Israel became a nation in 1948. Forty years later in 1988, oh my, all the prophetic whack jobs out there just thought, this is it. This is the time. In fact, one of them named Edgar Wiesenot wrote a book, I'm not kidding you here, I'm not making this up, titled 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Okay? He sold 4.5 million copies just in the United States alone and many more in foreign markets. When Jesus did not return in 1988, you know what Edward Wiesenot did? <laughs> he wrote a sequel in 1989. Yeah. He said, oh, I, I looked at my calculations again. I was off by just that much. And he sold a ton more books. And when Jesus didn't return in 1989, Edward Wiesenot disappeared with his millions in book royalties. All right? He was a fraud. A fraud. All he had to do was read the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and verse 34 and realize nobody knows. This is classified information, and the father ain't a leaker, okay? He's not a leaker. Because nobody knows the day or the hour of Christ's return but the father, Jesus pointedly says in verse 44, therefore you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And he goes on in verse 37 through the end of chapter 24 in your Bible, and he talks about some of the characteristics of this day. And from this, what emerged in my heart were what I want to call three dangerous attitudes that we can have about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Attitudes that, that might be an indication we're not in that ready position. We may think we are, but we're not. The first dangerous attitude says this, I'm just too busy. I'm too busy to give a second thought to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let's pick it up in Matthew 24 and verse 37 when Jesus says these words. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, Jesus does an interesting thing here. He says that the coming of the Son of Man, his second coming, when he returns, will be like the days of Noah. Here's Jesus on the Mount of Olives talking with four of his disciples, remember Peter, James, John, and Andrew, about matters relating to the end of the age. They're saying, Jesus, what are the signs to look for? He's talking about things happening at the end, but he takes them all the way back to the beginning. What does the beginning, or nearly the beginning, in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, what does the beginning have to do with the end? Well, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, 
so it will be in the days just prior to the coming of the Son of Man. What do we know about the days of Noah? Well, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Back in the beginning or near the beginning, God looked down on planet earth and he saw the wickedness of the human heart spun out in so many different ways, and he brought judgment upon the earth in the form of a worldwide flood. Only Noah and his family were preserved, and then he started over from there. He promised with the rainbow never to destroy the earth again with water. <laughs> said nothing about fire or other things, but with water he would not destroy. And here we are today. Now, one could argue that we are living in times just like that. The sick human heart is not getting better, but worse. Mankind is devising new ways to live out the evil intentions of the human heart. But I don't think that's exactly what Jesus was talking about here when he said it'll be like in the days of Noah. I think what he was talking about was that they were just busy living their lives. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were um, eating and drinking. You know, they were raising their kids, getting them ready for online school. They, they, just all the ordinary things of life, they were busy, busy, busy doing. They were too busy to give a second thought to this whack job over here named Noah who was building a boat. It took him 120 years to build the, the ark. And uh, the Bible in the book of Peter refers to Noah as a herald of righteousness. Every strike of the hammer against the nail or however he built that, you know, uh, massive football-sized field arc was a sermon. It was a sermon with an object lesson, this boat. And people in the busyness of life might have glanced at Noah. They might have even had a com brief conversation with him. You know, who's this guy over here that's talking about the judgment of God coming? Come on, Noah, there isn't a drop of water anywhere near this place. And year after year and decade after decade went past. And people mocked him and ridiculed him. But Noah and his family stayed true to the mission. They believed God that they were going to need that escape hatch known as the ark. Uh, the busyness of their lives took priority. The ordinary things of life had seized their attention. And um, they didn't have time to talk to Noah. Any more than people today say, do I have time to waste myself on uh, prophetic things like the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, it concerns me as a pastor, as a ministry leader, that fewer and fewer pastors and theologians even talk about this in the pulpit because the itching ears of our day are saying, just give me something that is practical and relevant to my everyday life. I'm just trying to raise my kids. I'm trying to go to work tomorrow morning. Come on, preacher, feed me something I can use tomorrow morning in the nine to five hours. And in the busyness of our life, we lose the sense of urgency about uh, uh, the second coming of Jesus. I, I find it interesting before I leave this uh, first dangerous attitude that, again, Jesus would go back and, and link 
the most talked about event in Bible prophecy, his second coming, more than even his first coming, but the most talked about event in, in Bible prophecy, his second coming, that he would link it to an old, old story like the story of Noah. Okay, he goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, and yet the story of Noah is one of the most mocked and one of the most maligned stories even today. I mean, people just scoff at the idea of a worldwide flood. But it's also interesting, if you think about it, Jesus linked another you know, key event in Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, linked it to an old story that's mocked, <laughs> the story of Jonah. Remember when Jesus said the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, just like Jonah was three nights, three days and three nights in the belly of the fish? Why would Jesus, you know, risk the credibility of such a keystone event in Christianity to a, a story about some guy who got swallowed by a fish in the Old Testament? I, I, I just find it ironic that two of the most maligned stories in the Bible are linked to two of the most key events in Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his promised return, okay? But some people say, I'm too busy for that. Too busy with my life to give a second thought to the second coming. You're listening to Something Good Radio. Today's message, What Angels Wish They Knew, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. Check out our resource tab at the top of the homepage for books, teaching series, lots of great tools to help you in your journey with Jesus. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Is traveling to the Holy Land on your bucket list? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones on a Something Good Travel Experience. Experience Israel by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Experience Greece by navigating Paul's missionary journeys. Tour the lands of the Bible, grow your faith, make new friends, and travel beyond belief. For more information about upcoming Something Good travel experiences, visit somethinggoodradio.org travel. Need prayer today? Stop by the new somethinggoodradio.org and share your request with us. Click on the Explore tab and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You option. That's somethinggoodradio.org. We also want to say thank you because your prayers and financial support make it possible for Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your donations do make a difference. And when you give a gift this month, Ron will say thank you by sending you the complete audio download of this series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Request it today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. 
Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Some in the first century thought the ready position was quit your job, climb up to the top of the mountain, and just sit and wait for the coming of Jesus. Well, (laughs) Paul writes to them and says, no, that's foolishness. You get ready by waiting, watching, working on behalf of the master. Yes, living your life, doing the things that you got to do, but always setting your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Of loving the appearing of Jesus, eagerly expecting his soon return, understanding it's imminent. Join us tomorrow for Something Good, when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, What Angels Wish They Knew. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.